Chapter 53, Human Geometry. Stop here. Here? What, just in the middle of the pavement? All right. Why? Is he up ahead, lying in wait for me? Is he too far behind, getting lost, getting stopped by MI5 vans and random barricades? I don't know why you want me to, but I do, of course. I stop, without knowing what to do with myself, without even really thinking about it. If you tell me to stop, I stop. I trust you. <laughs> in spite of everything. It's not even conscious, you know. I just feel it. It's just true. I trust you. I sent you a text. You did? I dig my phone out of my pocket. Yep, so you did. Three missed calls today, too. My editors tried to call twice. And before that, Bill. Checking up on me, probably. Fourteen texts. Jesus. Everyone I know must have seen me on the telly. Someone tried to shoot me in the head. Yes, it's true. I'm fine. Thanks for asking. I'm fine. Don't I look fine? I would have seemed a little dazed, I suppose. I was concerned about Mike. He was having trouble catching his breath. I tried to act as confused as possible for the press. Stunned, surprised, all that. It probably came off a little stiff, but what do you want? I'm not an actor. You're going to be a little bit stiff and awkward when you've narrowly avoided being shot in the head and there are three cameras shoved into your face, aren't you? I'm only an innocent bystander. That's what I was going for. This has nothing to do with me. Which is sort of true, in a way. It doesn't have anything to do with me, not really. It's to do with you, but no one asked me about that, so I didn't have to lie. I can tell them the bullet wasn't meant for me with a mostly straight face. Why would some kid with a gun shoot at me? I'm only a writer. Former army doctor, former blogger, turned novelist. True crime with a dash of fiction. I've got my own genre at this point. It's called Sherlock Holmes. You're your own genre because you take everything immovable and unshakable and flip it on its head. Everything you touch transforms into something different and unexpected, including people, including me. He wasn't really aiming at me. He was aiming at you. Oh, Sarah texted me. I haven't heard from her in ages. I wonder how she's doing. But you've texted me just now, so I'll look at that one first. I used to read your texts first, always. Well, you were my priority, above everyone and everything else. I was accused of that often enough. I won't deny it anymore. It was true. I couldn't help it. I was driven to it. I fought the instinct for a while. Really, I did. I tried to carve out a space for other people in my personal hierarchy. But there is no point in fighting it, really. It's practically biological. You're extraordinary, and I want to protect you and help you. I want to comfort you. I want to be with you and take care of you. I always read your texts first. If we're lovers now, well, that's different again, isn't it? No one will accuse me of anything anymore, if that were the case, if people knew. I can't quite imagine having the conversation just yet. Really, I can't. I love seeing your name on my phone. It makes me feel a little bit giddy, I have to admit. Back from the dead, against all odds. Amazing. Your text consists of one word. Dinner. <laughs> In the middle of all this, you want to ask about dinner? That makes me laugh. 
I'm being stalked by a serial killer bent on avenging the death of his master. There are probably at least three guns pointed at me right now, and you're asking me about dinner. Maybe we can get Moran to bring us Chinese when he drops by. I press send and wait. Wait? There. I can hear your phone. You just got my text, didn't you? Are you reading it? I wish I could see you. It's funny, right? It is. It's funny. Hold on. Were you asking me what we should have for dinner, or were you asking me out for dinner? There's a difference. A significant difference. Were you flirting with me? Is that what that was? If so, that was really subtle. Too subtle, Sherlock. Come on, that's not fair. I'd better respond again just in case. When this is all over, I'll take you out for dinner anywhere you like. Anywhere. Definitely. I'll put on a tie and jacket and take you somewhere fantastic. And you'll probably pick at your food if you bother to order any. And you'll complain about the music because it'll be fine, but not up to your standards. And then you'll deduce at least one scandalous thing about everybody there. And we'll probably get thrown out because you'll insult the owner or disparage someone's wife. And that's all right. I wouldn't expect anything else. I'll just laugh. I'll laugh with you. If someone tries to hit you, they'll have to get past me first. I'll take you home in a cab and rest my hand on your knee. And then when I get you home, I'll kiss you and undress you, press you down against the cool sheets and make love to you. Because you're mine. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Keep walking. You're going to cross at the next intersection and turn left. It's a different route than I took to get here, more main roads rather than side streets. You're trying to help him track me. I'll get home faster, though. It's the more obvious route, unsuspicious. Is he here? Do you know where he is? Is he watching camera footage, or does he see me with his bare eyes? He could be anywhere, peering down at me from any of these dark windows. Don't look. It's too obvious. What do I normally do? Look straight ahead. Look down at my shoes. Shove my hands into my pockets and think about anything else. You're typing. Shifting things on the desk, I can hear a phone vibrate against the wooden surface. A text, not from me. Then another. And another. What's going on, Sherlock? Tell me. Is it him? Is it Moran? Does he see me? I can say it without moving my lips much. I run my finger across my upper lip. Normal motion. Scratch my cheek. Rub my earlobe. Is the glue coming loose? It's a bit itchy. Don't touch it, for God's sakes. The last thing I need is to lose my last connection to you. I'd be blind and deaf, walking right into my own grave. I've had enough of that. Yes. Yes, he does. All right. I knew it would be this way. It's a performance, all of it. I have to keep my head ducked down. I don't trust my own expression. I'm too easily readable. I'm on guard. He'll see that. I'm waiting. I'm ready. My gun is a comfortable presence against my back. Watch the pavement. Watch other people's feet approaching and disappearing behind me. I need to walk like I don't know anything at all, which is difficult. I need to walk like a man alone in the world, wandering home after a difficult day. I have plenty of experience with that, as it happens, but I'm not alone anymore. He's beginning to guess where you're going. Only beginning to, though. I'm not sure he even remembers about the failsafe. He's not very clever, John. You sound like a disappointed child. You're trying to play a game with someone who's still struggling to find the playground, aren't you? How frustrating. You miss Moriarty a little, don't you? You miss the strategy and the challenge, working against an equal. Though you don't miss the risk he posed. 
to me, to you. I get that now. I understand. Your brain is just wired that way. It's taken me ages to accept, but I think I do. You're attracted to dangerous things, things with sharp edges. Things that demonstrate just how clever you are moments before they kill you. I have no idea what you're doing with me. Can't you remind him about the failsafe? You're playing the rest of his network, aren't you? Remind him it's there, his secret weapon. A bomb in the boiler. Take out Baker Street. Destroy our home, Moran. Destroy me. Text him something that will jog his memory, Sherlock. If anyone can, it's you. I hope to God you really did remove all the explosives this time. Your track record there isn't fantastic, you know. Mary's flat stands as a witness on that front. Maybe we should move Mrs. Hudson to a safer location, now that I think of it. Just for a little while. She can go stay with her sister. She'd never do that, would she? Tough old bird, Mrs. Hudson. She'd have to be, as our landlady. If she were younger, she'd probably be out on the streets with us at night, dressed all in black and chasing after criminals in heels. She likes the excitement as much as we do, I think. I can try. Try, Sherlock. Remind him. Prompt him to flip the switch on us. It's a challenge of sorts, isn't it? Prod at Moran in just the right way. It's geometry. It's all angles, mass, functions, and equations. Poke him the right way, and he'll move along a predictable plane. He'll do what you want. He'll fumble for a predictable phone. He'll make a predictable call. Human geometry with a million variables. That's got to be a challenge. I can't have him suspect that I know. It would ruin everything. I can't even believe I'm thinking this, but Sherlock... He won't suspect anything. Sometimes, you know, you're a little too subtle. Am I? You're smiling, aren't you? I can hear it. I know what you mean. You know what I'm thinking about. Your leg pressed against mine. So many times. Was it always an invitation? Maybe it was. I didn't notice. I'm not that clever either, Sherlock. Sometimes you have to be more obvious about things you want us mortals to know. Remind him, Sherlock. He won't suspect you. It's almost finished now. We are so close. He must be hungry for it. He's tried to kill me twice in the last two days. He's getting desperate. You know he is. He wants to get you, and he feels like he's close. He's not thinking. He's only firing guns. Give him something he can detonate, and we'll get this over with. <laughs> I tried to tell you, you know, once. You tried to tell me what? At Dartmoor. You tried to tell me what at Dartmoor? I'd die before I'd let anything happen to you. No, no, not that. You can't mean that. That was about imaginary hounds and drug-induced terror. The power of suggestion was a weapon against us. You wanted to kill any suggestion lingering in my brain. I know that. You were trying to be kind, I thought. You were trying to make up for shouting at me. You were sorry. That's all. You couldn't have known what would happen on the roof of Bart's. Not then. So what did you tell me at Dartmoor? When was it? In the car? On the moor? In the lab? What? I told you I was going to die. I thought you might remember. What? No, no, you never said that. I thought you did remember at first. I told you I'd die before he could destroy us. Do you remember? Us? You didn't say us. You said me. You said you'd die before you'd let anything happen to me. Have you forgotten? Or did I transform that moment in my memory into something more romantic? 
You always accused me of doing that. Maybe it was you this time. You meant to say us, but you didn't. You vowed to protect me. I remember. I thought you were trying to comfort me. I thought, later, maybe you wanted me to kiss you. Another missed opportunity. Another rare moment of you being too subtle. But what did you really mean? That you were going to fake your own death, and that it would be for our protection? Was it planned that far in advance? Maybe it was. You became a little more silent after Dartmoor. A little more secretive. Getting into cabs without me. Staring at walls for a long time. Saying nothing. So... You were planning. You were plotting. You were trying to find a way to survive. Maybe you didn't think you would. You said you had no friends. You said it again that last time I saw you before the roof. You said being alone protects you. Were you trying to push me away both times? Was it a test? Were you preparing me for what you were about to do? I walked away from you the first time you said it. I stormed off the second time, too. You knew it would work. Saying something like that to me would make me stomp off in a huff. It's all human geometry to you, isn't it? Angles and equations. You have us all figured out, don't you? I don't have friends. Alone protects me. I'd die before I'd let anything happen to you. Was I meant to put those two ideas together? Were you trying to remind me of Dartmoor? Even then, you were preparing to die to rid the world of Moriarty. To protect me. <laughs> As if I'd ever forgive you for that. I wasn't certain that I would survive. I wanted you to know, if I died, that it was for a reason. Seating my memory with things to hold on to, that's pure sentiment, Sherlock. Where did that come from? <laughs> it worked. I'm inside the perimeter now, I think, aren't I? I think I am. But somehow I don't feel like I'm in the clear. Are we leading him inside? Are we opening up the perimeter to let him in, trap him there? Are we reducing our safe zone to just the house? To just the flat? We'll be huddled together in my bedroom with the windows shut. I'll hold on to you. I'll stroke your hair and we'll wait. Maybe we'll talk a bit. You can tell me all your secrets. I'll listen. Beeping. What's that? A default ringtone. That's one of your phones. Who's ringing you? I can hear you exhale hard. Frustration. Annoyance. Yes? What is it? Must be your brother, then. Of course. Yes, I know. You don't even bother to try to conceal your contempt. How much of this was his idea? Keeping you locked up like this certainly was. Working remotely rather than hunting Rand down on foot, that definitely sounds like Mycroft's idea. At least meeting Stanford at the Criterion involved actually doing something, even if only by proxy. You're used to that. You think of my body as yours. You're not wrong. No wonder Mycroft hates this plan. Obviously. Of course he knows. He can hear me. Yes. You're getting more exasperated by the second, aren't you? I'll be home soon. I'll put the kettle on. It's all right, Sherlock. We'll get through this. It's almost over. I'm leading him into the endgame. Hold on. Well, you watch for him then. I'm bringing John home at the moment. 
and you're distracting me. I can hear you drop the phone back on the table. You've hung up on him, haven't you? We've reached his perimeter. Of course he's not happy. I'm sure that's what it is. Mycroft doesn't like it. He's watching us play a shell game with our own lives. He warned me. He can't keep me safe. The walk home is more dangerous than the walk to the Criterion, he said. More dangerous than my seat by the sealed window, certainly. There's no glass around me to catch a bullet and hold it away from my temple. There's a bomb in front of our flat that could go off at any moment. I'm walking on the margins of my own life. I've never felt so alive. Stop at the corner a moment, John. All right. The corner. Okay. I can feel my phone vibrating against my pocket. I've sent you another text. Do you send them so that I'll have something to do with my hands while I'm supposed to be standing in front of a camera, oblivious? I suppose that works. It could be a text from anyone. He hasn't got access to my phone. He has no idea who's texting me. Bill, Mike, Mary, my editor, my other ex-girlfriends. Is there a sniper hidden in the wall somewhere, crouched down on a rooftop, waiting for me? I won't look. I'll look at my phone. I'll text you back. I trust you, Sherlock. You watch for me. Tell me when to run. You used to walk a lot in the evenings. What? Oh, that's true. I did, ages ago. After you died, I'd go out for long walks. Very long. Sometimes they took most of the night. Is that what you mean? I ran sometimes, as if I could run away from all this, run back to you somehow, back in time and space, and make it all reverse itself. I would have broken my legs trying, so I went back to walking. Mostly aimlessly, just walking until I was exhausted and found myself somewhere I'd never been. No one takes much notice of a man walking alone in London, no matter what hour. It was oddly comforting. And it gave me something to do. Turn right at the corner. Of course. It's Baker Street. I'm nearly home. Not much farther now. Nearly there. Yeah, I did. Press send. I don't know what else to say to that, but I have to respond with something, don't I? Have to keep my hands busy. Is there another goal to texting me just now at critical moments? Are you trying to demonstrate to Moran that someone is watching, waiting for me? That it will be noticed if I'm shot, if I don't get to reply? Is this public demonstration meant to protect me? Or make me a more meaningful target? I'd go with you sometimes, you know. What? Oh, you mean when I went out walking? Did you? Really? I'd stay behind you and on the other side of the street. You took the strangest routes. Why did you do that? That's a genuine question. I confused you, didn't I? There was no logic to it, which must have perplexed you. I just followed people with dogs or with children or no one at all. I turned ways you didn't turn or wouldn't. I followed the sun or the moon or took a random street to see where it went. Sometimes I wasn't paying any attention at all. No reason. How do I explain this to you? There's no explanation. I was a recent amputee. I had lost my best friend. I didn't have a route. I wasn't going anywhere. I just... I just walked. Why? The tone in your voice is so different now. 
With your brother, you were angry and impatient, but now with me, you're more gentle. I think if anyone else heard you just now, they might not sense that gentleness in you, but it's there. I know it is. I felt it. I recognize it. I was sad. I missed you. I wasn't sure how to live my life without you. I suppose I never was without you. If only I turned around. My eyes were blinded to everything then. All I saw was the pavement and the rising dark. Did walking make you less sad? Well, I'm not even sure. Not really. A little, I guess. It felt like... Well, it was comforting, somehow. If I kept walking, I could imagine I was walking toward you. Little did I know you were walking toward me the whole time, keeping pace. If only I'd known. I'd never have looked away from you again. All right, Baker Street. He must know by now. He must. Where else would I be going? Where is he? Hiding in some upstairs flat, staring at the window at me, opening up the window to push a muzzle of a rifle through. That's the best scenario for a sniper, I know. Something perfectly still to lean against, your cheek pressed against the metal. We've created the perfect scenario for him, if he's here. No. He didn't know to look here. It didn't occur to him. You're right. He's not very clever, is he? I'm only minutes away now. The ends of these journeys are always the most dangerous. All right. Left. Right. Left. I'm just a bloke walking home. I was shot at, at a restaurant. I'm not expecting to get shot at again. Don't look around. Don't look up. Watch the pavement sliding past underneath me. Left. Right. Left. My skin is a weak armor against whatever's coming. The door's unlocked, John. It's slightly open. Just push your way in and shut it behind you. Quickly, all right. Don't linger outside. But don't run. He's still watching you. The most dangerous point of all, walking past a white van. Such an ordinary thing. It's a familiar scene. The street where we lived. The van you've been staring at for two days. It's quiet now. More quiet than it should be. That should be your first clue, Moran. But you're not very clever. That's all right. I'm not clever enough either. The van hasn't moved. They parked it here and left, took cover somewhere safe. It's just a normal van sitting here, looking innocuous. I know it's not, but I've started to imagine the explosives are a few sticks of dynamite with a clock strapped to it, ticking. It's ticking down to an explosion that should only rattle it on its wheels, that's what you said. It might break a few windows, maybe. But I'm not so sure. He blew a hole in a block of flats, Sherlock, and that was after you had most of the explosives removed. Are you sure moving the bomb into the van was enough? Maybe you should have disarmed it entirely. We could have found him some other way. There's no clock in the van, certainly not one that's ticking, but walking past it, standing so close to it I can almost hear it. It's counting down the last seconds of my life. Breathe. It's only a few feet now. I can feel my heart pounding all the way down to my toes. My arms twitch a little with every beat. Inhale. Exhale. The door is open, just like you said. It's open just a little, enough that the street lamp is faintly reflecting on the paint. The light, at such an odd angle, is revealing. The door is covered over with fingerprints. Yours. 
mine, Mrs. Hudson's, Moriarty's, Moran's. The wayward tenants who took our place for a while. Weeks, years of fingerprints, we didn't know we were leaving. Our whole history, edged there by the ridges on our fingertips. I can smell hot yeast and butter from the inside. Mrs. Hudson is baking. It smells like warmth and nerves. Every inch of the pavement seems to take ages to cross. This is like the way time works in a dream. I'm stuck in the thickest air, and the door is so close, but it takes too long to get to it. Whole lives could begin and end in the time it takes me to reach that door. My feet are slow. My hands are thick and pulsing with my own slow heartbeat. I'm listening to everything. A bird singing. Someone's music pouring out of a car zipping past down the road. A hammer somewhere pounding against wood. A door slamming shut. I can't hear a safety switching off. It's impossible to hear someone lining up a shot in any case. It makes no sound. Breathe. Left. Right. Left. My fingers reach the door and I can almost feel the impression they're leaving. It should be an entire handprint, steaming and dense, pressed through the paint and down to the hard wood. Thick, black paint, slick and rain-washed, as if it could save anyone. I push the door open and step inside. There. For a last moment, I am still vulnerable. The door is open behind me, my back is to the street. He might still see me, depending on where he is. He could fire now and hit me, right between the shoulder blades, if he's not that confident shot. He'll aim for the back of my head if he's any good. That's what I'd aim for in his place, the back of my head. There's no question there, chance of survival is minimal. It would be poetic to shoot me down at the back of the head on the threshold of 221B. That would get his point across to you, Sherlock. Moriarty wants to burn your heart out. Moran will make sure he does. This would be the moment to fire Moran. It's now or never. I'm closing the door. The latch clicks in place. It might be the most beautiful sound I've ever heard. It clicks, and the door is shut. It's firm in its frame. Solid. Finally. There. There, Sherlock. I'm home. I made it. I'm here. I'm alive. Don't go outside, Mrs. Hudson. You're shouting from the top of the stairs. You look ecstatic. You're beaming at me. It worked, didn't it? He remembered the failsafe. He's going to try to blow up 221B. You couldn't be more delighted, could you? <laughs>